Welcome to the Stockdale UCC podcast. We hope that you are encouraged and find deeper purpose and meaning in your walk with Christ. If you would like more information about Stockdale United Christian Church, please visit us at stockdaleucc.org. If you guys watch uh, sports much, then you will understand what I'm going to say here. You know what a big win is, right? There, there is a difference between a win and a big win. Okay? The difference being is there are some things that are just wins. But there are sometimes because of maybe the opponent you face or because of the situations and circumstances surrounding you, you have what we would call a big win. Big victories. And this morning, um, we need big victories. Yeah, as Christians, as a church, we need a big victory, don't we? Because sometimes you can go through life and you can, you can have some, some yeah, small victories and things going on. But from time to time, I believe that it is God's plan for our life to have some big breakthroughs. Amen. Yeah, that's right. Now, you, may, you, may, you may not believe it yet, but we're going to talk about this. That's, that's why I'm here this morning, right? In Daniel chapter 3, we, we're kind of going to, we're going to start in verse 15, but we kind of break in halfway, halfway through this story. And the story, uh, just to kind of give you a little backstory here, King Nebuchadnezzar, he sets up this big golden image. And he says that, hey, when the music plays, everybody in the whole kingdom is going to bow down and they are going to worship this golden image that I've set up. Now, as Teresa was talking, and uh, the children's talk this morning, she was talking about idols. You guys, you guys I hope you listen, because she's better than I am a lot of times, right? So, but she's talking about idols this morning, and, and they were things that were made by man. It's like, man, they, somebody makes something, and all of a sudden, it's like, wow, let's just worship this thing that I made. And that's what these idols were. That's what Nebuchadnezzar did. He made this statue of gold. He knew where it come from. It come from gold that craftsmen had made. But then he says, everyone is going to worship this thing that was made by man. And let's call it a God. We have to be careful because one of, one of man's instincts is to take the things that we design, the things that we come up with, and we want to put them up in a place of worship in our life. Right? Our handiwork, our, our, our things that we've, we've done and we became good at. We take and we put them up on the pedestal and they become a thing of worship. You're like, well, it's, I don't, don't have any idols sitting in my house and I don't have uh, any graven images. But it doesn't have to be graven images. It doesn't have to be idols. It can be things that, well, whatever we put in God's place that we begin to worship, we give it all of our heart, that becomes an idol in our life. How am I doing so far? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so-so. Okay. Hopefully it gets better. <laughs> I'm just messing with you guys. So, when the music played, everybody in the kingdom was supposed to bow down and worship this graven image, this, this image that was made uh, by craftsmen. Everybody was supposed to bow. Well, there was these three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, 
right? The music plays, everybody else bows down. There's these three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And guess what they do? They don't do anything. Now, for the most part, I'm pretty good at not doing anything. Just ask my wife. Right? But sometimes, not doing anything is hard. And in their case, it actually took a lot of effort, a lot of intestinal fortitude not to do anything. I like the not doing anything that consists of, like, really not doing anything. You know, not the kind that's hard, the kind that's easy. But see, one of the things we have to understand is if we want big victory, it comes through big opportunity. Right? You don't have big victories in your life unless there are big opportunities that come in your life. But here's the problem. Big opportunities are often disguised as big trouble. Yeah. Now, I know this is kind of confusing. I'm going to say it again. Let me rewind. Let me just rewind. And now we're going to play it again. Because if we want big victory in our life, if we want to accomplish big things, that means we have to take advantage of big opportunities. But most of the time, big opportunities don't have a sign on them that say, Hey, this is a big opportunity. Oftentimes, they look like, uh-oh. Big opportunities, if we were to slap a label on them, they would be like, oh no. That's the kind of sticker we would put on. Because most of the time, when we see big opportunities, it just looks like a big bunch of trouble. A big bunch of turmoil, a big bunch of problems. Now, we're, we're going to talk about this story you know, here in Daniel, but this isn't the only place. As a matter of fact, you go through the Bible, and, and it was tough you know, talking about big opportunities and, and big trouble and all this stuff, trying to figure out what story in the Bible that we, we want to go to here. Because you go through the Bible, the things that get written down in the Bible tend to be big things that happen. And we find out pretty quickly that those big things come out of big problems. How many of you guys like the story of David and Goliath? It's pretty awesome, isn't it? That's a great story. Now, if you were, if you were looking at Goliath, would you, would you be out there standing on the battlefield and there's this humongous soldier who is battle-hardened and tested and has, has been, he knows what he is doing. I mean, he is an elite soldier. Not only is he an elite soldier, but he's about two or three of you. Would you be looking at this giant standing on the other side of the battlefield and be like, wow, look at that big opportunity. <laughs> no, nobody does that. As a matter of fact, the whole camp of the Israelites were, were afraid of this guy and they were looking back and said, wow, look at the big trouble we got. Look at the big problem that we have. But what we have to understand is big opportunities in our life often look like the biggest problems that we're ever going to face. 
They often look like the, 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 the loftiest goals, the things that we can't surmount, or we, the obstacle that we can't get past. It seems like it is impossible for anything to come of this. But it just so happens that the big problems are actually the big opportunities. They're the big places where God really shows himself. Now Shadrach and Meshach, music played and all this, they didn't, they didn't bow. So we get here in verse Daniel chapter, Daniel chapter 3 verse 15. Thank you. says this, now if ye be ready, at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbuck, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Now listen to this part. Okay? Right here, it says, this is Nebuchadnezzar saying this. He says this. He said, and who is the God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Did you catch that? He said, if you worship, that's good, that's well. But if you don't, in the same hour, you're going to be cast into the burning fiery furnace. And what God is it that's going to deliver you out of my hands? That's a confident man right there, isn't it? <laughs> you, you read that line, you can just imagine him saying, there ain't a God in heaven or in earth that's going to save you from me. I mean, that, that's exactly what that was. Yeah. Now, verse 16, I, I want you to listen. You think about that. You think about where they're standing. You think about the pressure that they're under. Because the king of Babylon... The guy who ruled most of the known world at that point. Great King Nebuchadnezzar had just said to them, Hey, if you don't do this, then there ain't a God in heaven and earth that's going to be able to save your life. Verse 16, listen to their response. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. What does that, what does that mean, we're not careful? It's like, we're... We're not choosing our words wisely here. We're not going to tiptoe around the situation. That, that's what they're saying. We're not, we're not trying to select what we're saying to entice you or to, to get out of this or ch trying to figure out if we can wiggle out of the problem. No, they said this in verse 17. If it be so, our God who we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. Now this is a direct challenge to the statement that Nebuchadnezzar had just made. What God, what God is there in heaven and earth who can stop what I'm about to do? And these three guys said, listen, if God wants to, he will deliver us. Out of the burning fiery furnace. And out of your hand. In other words, there ain't you don't have power in this situation when God gets involved. Amen? That's what they're saying. 
It's just the opposite because Nebuchadnezzar is saying, what God is it who would be able to deliver you? And these guys are saying, what situation is there that God isn't able? You see the contrast, right? Because sometimes there are people who come to us and they're looking at us like, what, God, what is God able to do in your situation? What can God do in your life? And it's important that, that we have this attitude in our life. What is it that God can't do? What is it that God is not able to do? And I'm telling you this morning, no matter what situation you're in, no matter what situation you're in, you need to understand there is nothing, there's nothing that God cannot do. Now, verse 18, pay attention. But, because they just said, God can do whatever He wants to do. Verse 18, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. So, Yes, Nebuchadnezzar, God, if he wants to, he can deliver us out of the furnace. He can deliver us out of your hand. There is nothing that God can't do. However, if God says, nope, not going to do it, it doesn't matter. We are still not going to bow and worship the image that you've set up. That's what you call backbone. Amen? That is a backbone. Now, I, I truly believe that the church could use a little more backbone. Amen? Christians. I'm assuming I'm talking to more than a couple here. I believe we could use just a little bit of backbone. Where we come to a place where we have made up our mind that we are going to serve the Lord regardless of the circumstance that we find ourselves in. What we will find is when we begin to make those kinds of decisions in our life that God begins to respond. God begins to respond by putting us in more positions where we have to use it. But God also begins to provide great victory in our life. We understand that, that big victory comes from big opportunities, but big opportunities don't present themselves as big opportunities. They often look like big problems. But the thing you have to understand is we don't make decisions like what they made in the midst of this big problem. We don't make those kind of decisions without having made the other, some other right decisions in our life. It just, it doesn't happen. You don't get to the point where you do this without Daniel chapter 1. You say, what's Daniel chapter 1? Well, 
been two or three Sunday nights ago, we talked about Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1 starts off and it tells us that, that the, the Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were all taken captive. They were brought from Jerusalem. They were brought into Babylon. They were taken captive because of their intelligence they were, uh, and, and their, their learning and their, the skills that they had. They were brought in. They were going to be utilized by the, um, the kingdom of Babylon as scribes and, and as uh, uh, basically guys in some pretty high bureaucratic positions. But they were appointed a portion of the king's meat, right? And, and, and the king's meat, the problem was, is the king's meat was stuff that they weren't allowed to eat. That was against the law of God, the law that God had given to them. So the scripture tells us that Daniel had purposed in his heart that he wasn't going to eat of the king's meat. Now this was Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These guys are buddies. They're all under the charge of this one guy named Melzar who's keeping an eye on them, making sure everything's going right. But they didn't want to defile themselves with the king's meat. Now, this isn't being tossed into a fiery furnace, is it? I would say this is a little different. There, there's a little bit of a contrast between being thrown into a fiery furnace and making a choice that you're not going to defile yourself with the king's meat, right? One is a little tougher than the other. But honestly, they're both a little tough because you're in a, you're in a kind of an awkward position. And they're both tough, but it's not quite on the same, the same level of being tossed into a fiery furnace and, and being defiled with the king's meat. But here in Daniel chapter 1, they make a decision that they don't want to defile themselves with the king's meat. And they are going to trust in God that he is going to do in their life and make them eating a water and pulse, but make them look better. Right? Look better than the people who are eating the king's meat. And so Melzar, the guy who's in charge of them, Daniel says, give us 10 days. And if we look bad, then, then we'll do whatever. But give us 10 days and let us prove God. Let us show you what God can do. And after 10 days, he comes back and they look better. As the scripture said, they look fairer and fatter. The Lord's blessing me, isn't he? Amen. <laughs> The decisions that happened here, faced with the fiery furnace, didn't just start here. But there was a pattern. Listen, there is a pattern of making it, putting God first in their life. Today, you may not be faced with the, the big opportunity or the big problem. But today is a good day to start and establishing a pattern of putting God first in your life. If you want someday to see God work and move in your life in a big way, you got to start today by late making the little choices. You got to start today by doing the small things. You got to start today by by just saying, "You know what? I'm making this decision today that I'm going to put a priority in my life on on my relationship with God." It's going to be more important to me than any of the other things in my life. It is my number one top priority. And I will tell you, if you want to see a church that gets on fire for God, then you let the people who go to the church start prioritizing their relationship with God over the things of the world. God will just tear this thing out. He'll just rip this thing loose. We won't know what to do with what God is going to do when we start prioritizing our relationship with Him. 
Putting it front and center in our life. And then everything else takes a back seat. Takes second place to our relationship with God. When we do that. When we begin to set a pattern of that in our life. Then we begin to see God open the door and bring more opportunities. And more opportunities. And more opportunities. And more opportunities. And some of you are sitting there thinking. Didn't you say sometimes opportunity look like trouble? sometimes it does but if we want to see God move in our life in a big way and and see that's the thing we we get here on Sunday man we get all excited we get all jacked up because we're like yeah I want to see God move yes God I want to see you move I want to see you do something great I want to see you grow the church I want to see people saved I want to see us have an impact on the community I want to see people who are on drugs get deliverance I want to see people who are addicted to alcohol I want to see them get deliverance I want to see broken homes reestablished God I want to see you move I want to see the people who are sick I want to see them healed and brought back into we want to see all these things we get so excited on Sunday mornings when we hear this stuff the problem is is we walk out the door never establishing a pattern of putting God first never establish a pattern of putting God at the top and then we wonder God why aren't you doing any big things in in our community why aren't you doing any big things in our life you don't have to wonder we don't have to wonder why God doesn't do those things It's because we're not putting God first. He becomes an afterthought in our life. Oh man, it's Sunday morning again. Okay. If I get ready really quick, I think I can make it. Yeah, I'm kind of tired though. I'll be there on time next week and it'll be good. (laughs) Amen. Hey, I wasn't here last week, was I? <laughs> but it, it, it's easy. It's easy. It, it, I'll tell you what, it's easy for a preacher, a, a preacher, to slip into a pattern of, the only time I dig into God's Word is when I'm just looking for a sermon. Amen? It's easy for a preacher to slip in the pattern. The only time I'm digging in here is when I'm digging out something because I've got to preach on Sunday. Got to come up with something. It's not what God intended for us, is it? God has a plan for more in our life. See, it looked like a big problem. Can you imagine being a, a, just a spectator, standing along the side watching this go down? Seeing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego not bowing. And you'd be like, oh, oh they're going to get it. And then seeing them getting tossed into the burning fire furnace, you'd be like, oh. Man, why would they do that? That was so dumb. All they had to do was bow when the music was played. But then, 
But then verse 24 happens. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose in haste and spake and said unto his counselors. These, maybe this was one of the guys who was standing by. Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? Well, and they answered and said to the king, true, O king. That's true. Yes, we did. You're right. That was an easy one. Verse 25, and he answered and said, Lo, I see four men walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Amen. Amen. Sometimes you don't even have to preach, you just have to read. You know what I mean? And that right there is one of them places. Didn't we, didn't we cast three people in there? Well, yeah, king. Well, there's a problem, boys. Because I see four of them, and they ain't hurt, and they're walking around, and one of them, one of the four in there, he just so happens to look like the Son of God. Big victory. That's big victory. But see, big victory comes from big opportunities. And a lot of times, big opportunities are like big problems. They look like things that we don't want to mess with. But I'm telling you, if we'll just push through the big problems, the big troubles, the big obstacles, God's got big victory in our life waiting on the other side. Because whatever furnace, whatever fiery situation you find yourself in, you can count on this, that the Son of God is walking in the fire with you. No matter what's going on. We have a choice to make. We have a choice to make. Are we going to establish a pattern of obedience? Establish a pattern of prioritizing our relationship with Christ? Establish a pattern of following after Him so that that through through His leading, through His guiding, that, that God can bring us into victory and, and lead us into situations where we can touch lives, where we can have an impact on our community? Or do we just want to do what we do? Whatever suits us best. We'll read one last scripture here. Joshua chapter 14. I'll give you a second. Joshua 14, Joshua 24, 14. So I'm going to get this up here because I want you guys to follow along. Pressure's on, Jana. Uh, you got it. How about this? She's fast. She's good. All right. Now, this is, this is the end of the book of Joshua. This is the end of Joshua leading the children of Israel. But as he's, he's finishing things up, we, we, we're going to listen to what it is that he says here. He says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Joshua's he's saying here, serve the Lord. Put away your past. 
The things that are behind you, the things that used to be a priority, the things that used to be a big deal, the things that used to take first place in your life, put them behind you and serve the Lord. Verse 15, if it seem evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day who you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Choose you this day who you will serve. Establish a pattern of putting God first in your life today. If you don't want to, yeah, you can serve whatever God you want. It's all out there. It's all available to you. But I believe that God is speaking to some people who need to make some as for me and my house decisions this morning. That it's time that I'm going to serve the Lord with all my heart, with all my might. I'm going to put Him first in my life as for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. You start making choices like that. You start making decisions like that. Things begin to change and God begins to move. You have a choice this morning as we get a song. Thank you for listening to the Stockdale UCC podcast. We hope this has been a blessing to you and that you will share this with your family and friends. For more information about Stockdale United Christian Church, please visit us at stockdaleucc.org and be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Stockdale underscore UCC.